I remember back when I was in high school, my senior year, I was involved in a lot of extracurriculars. I was in student council, campus ministry, I played soccer. And I remember just kind of having like a lot on my plate, which is kind of common uh, for students. And this was before we had iPhones, so I remember showing up to school, and I was kind of a loser, so I would, I would show up to school with a sticky note with a list of things to do that I had to accomplish before I went home that day. And uh, people would act like my close friends would actually tease me about it because I would always show up with a new sticky note and a new list of things that I had to accomplish, and I'd scratch it off the list throughout the day, and it felt so good to scratch that off the list before I would go home. And I've kind of brought in uh, that mentality into my adulthood. Now we have iPhones, so I can put it all on my phone. But that to-do list is always in the back of my head. I always know that there's like a list of things that kind of need to get done before the day is over. Now, there are certain seasons where the to-do list is a lot longer than others, and sometimes that list can be a little overwhelming, a little daunting, and, and sometimes it just feels like I just don't know what I'm going to do, and you can just kind of have this moment of panic because you're just, you, there's just not enough hours in the day to do the things that you're expected to do. Now, I don't know if all of you are list people or not, but even if you're not a list person, you at least probably know what it's like to have responsibilities and to feel like you don't have enough time. Like to know that you have maybe deadlines or homework assignments that are coming up or things that just have to get done and you just know that you can't do it all. There's just simply not enough hours in the day. And you know that feeling. That feeling can just be so paralyzing, so discouraging, so heavy. Jesus today gives us the parable of the sower and the seed. And this is one of those parables, if you've been coming to church uh, at least for a little while now, you've probably heard this parable over and over again. You could probably give the homily yourself because you've probably heard this homily a million times. And there's, it's one of those parables that we almost have to be careful because we might feel like we know it so well that there's nothing left for us in this parable. But it's a parable where um, it's one of the few parables where Jesus actually gives us the interpretation. A lot of times Jesus just gives the parable, some people get it, some people don't, and Jesus moves on. But this is one of those parables that Jesus actually interprets for us line by line. So you don't need to come to me and ask me for my interpretation, because Jesus provides it for us. And that interpretation is in the long version of today's gospel, so if you're curious, you can just open up your missalette and read through, and Jesus will tell you exactly what he means by the analogy. But just for a summary, just to, just to put it all into context for us, the, uh, the quick version is this, that there is a sower, which is a gardener who will uh, throw seed onto the ground, and there's also the seed, and then there's the four different types of ground that the seed can fall on. And, and Jesus says that he is the sower, and that the word of God is the seed, which is interesting because Jesus is the word of God. So really what we're saying is Jesus is the sower and the seed, and that our hearts are the ground. And our hearts could be one of four options, all right? The ground could be either the path, the seed that falls on the path. And Jesus says, this is the people that hear the word of God and they don't understand. In other words, uh, the people that it goes in one ear and out the other. The word of God uh, just doesn't change you. It just leaves you unaffected. It's just you continue on with your life as normal and nothing really is different about you. So that's the first, where the, the seed that falls on the path and the birds eat it up. The second is the rocky ground. So these are the people that the, they hear the word of God, and there's a temporary moment of excitement. 
Like they're on fire for Jesus for like half a second. And they're just really excited. Maybe they go to a retreat. Maybe they hear a cool homily. Maybe they learn something in class. Maybe they had a cool experience in prayer. For whatever it is, they're like excited for a hot minute. And then all of a sudden, it gets a little bit discouraging. They start to kind of fall away by the wayside. And they don't, suddenly they realize that they have no more excitement about the Lord. They don't know what happened, but that excitement was just kind of like a roller coaster, like a dopamine crash. Like there's, no, there's nothing left for the Lord. And that's like Jesus says, the seed that falls on rocky ground. And then... Um, he talks about the thorns, and I'll get to the thorns because that's what I really want to focus about today. But then the fourth, the fourth ground is the good soil. And the good soil is those who hear the word of God and they understand it. And because they understand it, they share it, they bear fruit, and suddenly they, the, the, the plant grows uh, 100-fold, 60-fold, and 30-fold. Okay, I want to focus on the thorns. The thorns, the seed that fall among thorns, it says is those that the thorns choke the seed, and so the plant can never grow. And Jesus uh, identifies what the choking of the seed is all about. He gives us two reasons that the, the seed, the Word of God, might be choked in your heart. In other words, there's two ways in which the thorns can manifest themselves, and they're these. The first is worldly anxieties, and the second is the lure of riches. So anxiety and desire for wealth, those are the two things that choke the Word of God in our hearts with the seed among the thorns. Now, this is really interesting because, you know, if, if, if Jesus wouldn't have given us the interpretation, and if I would have just read that passage on my own, and I would have heard that there's some seed among thorns that choked the Word of God, I probably would have been inclined to think, oh, that's probably mortal sin. Or, or maybe that's probably like public scandal or, you know, the choking among thorns. That's probably addiction or really bad habits or, you know, like things that are pretty dramatic that, that kind of like take you away from the Lord and into desolation. That's probably what I thought, what I would have thought if I wouldn't have had Jesus tell me in the interpretation. But no, no, it's not that dramatic. Instead, it's something a lot more subtle, something a lot more interior, something that perhaps from the outside looking in, you may not even notice in someone else, that it's the worldly anxiety and the lure of riches. These are the two things that choke the Word of God in our hearts. Now, I think this is really interesting. Because I believe that none of us are immune to this experience, that all of us are prone to this possibility that the Word of God may be choked in our hearts by one of these two, if not both. So let's talk about that. The worldly anxieties, there's so many reasons to be anxious. Maybe you are an anxious person. Um, you know, I was an anxious kid growing up just for different reasons, and, um, and I already mentioned a to-do list, so maybe you're anxious because of the things that you have to get done. Or maybe you're anxious because of social media and what you see that's happening on social media and just kind of gets you anxious after you scroll for a while. You just, your heart starts racing and you don't even know why. Maybe you get anxious because you watch the news and you just start to get so discouraged about the politics and about what's going all around the world and it just, you just feel like there's just no hope for anybody or for humanity and you're just so anxious about the state of the world. 
Or if you're an adult, probably you're anxious about the economy and about inflation and about your paycheck and how's it going to all work, especially if you have kids, how's it going to work? And so there's all this anxiety from the world that just starts to creep in, much less the anxiety of just simply, you know, maybe there's something that broke at the house, like maybe the, the toilet broke, or you have to do like a home repair, or, um, and then you also have to go grocery shopping, and then just the list goes on and on. Maybe you have kids, and they have a busy schedule, and they don't drive yet, and it's just hard to keep up with the Joneses. So there's all these anxieties that kind of creep into our lives. It's amazing how we can think about that all day long and therefore never think about God. We get so caught up in all of the stuff, and it just starts to choke. It it even happens in in ministry, right? Like even people that work for the church or even priests, like like we can get so bogged down in ministry-related stuff, things that are are good, but if you get so bogged down in the administration of the to-do list, it's so easy to lose sight of the Word of God in your heart. It's so easy to lose the relationship with God and you just become a functionary doing stuff, and it chokes the Word of God in your heart. And then there's the lure of riches, oh my. And all of us, again, none of us are immune to this. All of us are just because we're fallen and and this is our, our lived experience. We have this drive for more and more stuff. We feel like the, the more stuff we have, the happier we will be. And so we, we want to make good grades so we can go to college, so we can get a degree, so we can have a job, so we can have money, so that we can finally be happy. And we want more and more stuff. We want a bigger house, a nicer car, fancy clothes. And, and if we have more stuff, or then, then we feel like we have this security, and there's just, there's just this thing about it that we're just kind of always slightly unsettled. Because there's always one more thing that we kind of want. And that lure of riches, that desire for more material things can poison our attention to the Word of God in our hearts. It's amazing how, these, how true it is that the lure of riches and the worldly anxieties really do choke, choke the Word in our hearts. So I just want you to think for a moment, uh, just in an average day, in a given, just ordinary day in your life, just be honest with yourself right now, and what is the majority of things that you think about in a given day? What typically consumes your thoughts? What do you spend mental energy on all day long? What are the things that go through your mind? And it might be all kinds of things, maybe things that we talked about today, maybe things that we didn't. But I wonder if those things are choking the word of God in your heart. I believe we could all perhaps renew our minds a bit by the grace of God. So what are we to do? Because it's not as easy as, hey, don't be anxious, or hey, stop desiring stuff. It's not as easy as, well, like, just pause and just chill, and like, everything's going to work out. Like, I wish it was that easy, but it's not. And we all know that it's just simply not the case. So where's the line drawn? Because we are supposed to be responsible. God did create the world for us, and the world is good. And, And we are stewards of the gifts that we've been given. 
and there is responsibility in love. And so all the things that we have and all the things that have been given to us, we are called to be responsible in that way. In other words, we do have to be concerned with temporal matters. We can't just simply only focus on prayer and nothing else in our life. So where's the line drawn? How do we make sure that as we take care of temporal matters, that we're not choking the word in our hearts? How do we stay alive by the word of God and make sure that Jesus is in our hearts and we're living by the Spirit? Well, Jesus gives us a very simple solution. In fact, it's so simple that it's kind of a little frustrating, maybe. Sometimes we wish it were more complicated or at least different. But a simple solution is this. There's no substitute for the Word of God. There's just no substitute for Scripture. We can't replace Scripture with something else. Scripture is the answer. But we sometimes wish we could find literally anything else to do but read the Bible. For whatever reason, it's like that just feels so repulsive sometimes. We just want to do anything else. But Jesus says there's no replacement but the Word of God. That provides a good soil for our hearts, for the seed to grow. So what I want to do is just give you four things. You've heard these four things before. But four ways in which you can increase scripture in your life four ways in which you can make your heart a good soil so that the word of god can take root and grow into fruitfulness so here's four ways four very practical ways the first is lexio divina we've talked about that before that's latin for divine reading basically to keep it simple it just means that you're prayerfully reading scripture take a short little passage read it a couple times slowly and have a conversation with god about it the second is uh, to study Scripture, and there's a no better time in the history of the world than, than now to study Scripture. We have so many resources at our fingertips right there uh, through the iPhone. You, uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there. The most popular right now is the Bible in the Year podcast. On the Hollow app, there's also Jeff Cavins that offers a, a daily reflection. But there's all kinds of podcasts. You can find them. But what if we listen to something to study Scripture every single day? The third is daily Mass. What if we went to daily Mass? And I understand that many of you work or you go to school, but if in Lafayette, what's really interesting is that just about every hour of the day, there's a daily Mass offered within driving distance. So even if it's not here at St. Leo, you can find a place, and if you go to daily Mass, you'll hear the readings. And imagine how much of an effect that might have on you. And the fourth is to read Scripture with your family. Think about the family that would actually read the Bible together, like maybe before dinner, just a little short, little bit, or maybe right before bed, like the family that would actually make scripture and put it at the heart of family life, imagine how that could transform their experience of the family. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be really simple and practical, but, and many of you are already doing some of these things. And if you are, I hope you're affirmed by this. But maybe the Lord's inviting you to take another step forward. But if you're not doing any of those four, I just invite you to consider at least one. What's going to be your way to make your heart good soil? What's going to be your way to incorporate Scripture more practically into your life? There's no substitute for the Word of God. 
It's too easy to allow the worldly anxieties and the lure of riches to choke the word of God in our hearts. Not to mention the other examples of the rocky soil and the, and the path that the, that the birds eat up the seed. We want good soil, and it begins with the word of God. And so today can be a new beginning for all of us to start reading scripture, to start spending more time with the word in our hearts. Amen.